0: Welcome to the Dive In Movie Cast, a film podcast where two unqualified critics give their opinions and try and differentiate themselves from every other podcast out there. My name is Hayden. And I'm Wesley. Wesley, do you ever just hear a constant, constant ticking? Like a tick, tick boom? (laughs) Every day of my life. Going on. We are going to be talking about the remarkable directorial debut of Lin Manuel Miranda, Mm. the stellar. Guaranteed to be going for an Oscar performance by Andrew Garfield. We're going to be getting to all of it, but before we do, how has your last week been, man? Yes. What's you been up to?
1: Um, so before we get into this fantastic, uh, fantastic musical, Tick Tick Boom, um, in the vein of theater things, I spent my last week um, putting on a show at uh, Dalhousie Performing Arts. Um, we put on a show called People, Places, and Things. It is a contemporary, uh, play. It was, uh, I think it was made in 2012, I want to say. Um, and I'm sorry, I can't remember the, uh, name of the, the writer. Uh, but yeah, we just put it on. Uh, super awesome. We had a great turnout for everyone. Um, but yeah, it, it is a very, uh, it's a very emotional and heavy show. Very heavy. Um, I went to see it. It was Great. I'm very glad to be done it. I'm going to be honest. Um, But no, it was an amazing time. Uh, All of my actor friends uh, had a fantastic time. They all did amazingly. Um, The amazing uh, Cassidy or Sid, as some of you may know, has been on this uh, podcast before, uh, played the lead role and they knocked it out of the park. Uh, Probably had about 50% of the dialogue, if not more. Yeah, they were incredible. Um, like, never left the stage once.
0: What a weight to hold on your shoulders, the whole point. Exactly.
1: Play. So so much respect to them. Uh, they are fantastic and amazing. And also to all of my other uh, actor friends. They were all fantastic and wonderful people. So I'm super glad I got to do it with them. And I think I would have cried if I didn't uh, do this show with them. Because it was a lot. It's very heavy. And something I've learned uh, as an actor, or starting to learn how to be an actor, is that there is obviously going to be things that fit for you really well and there's going to be stuff that doesn't and in this case it, this one was just one of those things that just didn't really fit with me super well because um so the the plot of it all is it's about an actress who uh is doing a lot of drugs and stuff and ends up going to rehab um and so it all most of the play takes place in rehab and it's a very serious, emotionally involved play. And I realize that that's just kind of not what I want to do. I mean, yes, those stories do need to be told, uh, but they are probably better told by other actors that's not me because I like to make people laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, and doing a very intense emotional play where I stand up and I'm like, hello, my name is Sean. I'm a cocaine addict and I ruined this dude's life.
0: Right. Not very funny. Um, and, and it just... Like can be a really hard mental state to keep yourself in consistently for that long right exactly like when we when you uh,
1: are acting on stage you really do need to become your character and so one of the things we learned about was closure practices um which is something that's – uh not super new within the theater community, but things like intimacy directors are fairly new. So intimacy directors are the people who, um, help you choreograph things like simulated sex or make out scenes on stage, things like that. Uh, those awkward things that you just are like, well, we have to pretend to have sex now. Mm. Um, so <laughs> yeah, it's a little less awkward. Um, but one of the things they were teaching us with these closure practices where we essentially, before we leave the space, we do a little routine, that essentially is telling our bodies and our minds, hey, we're going to leave everything from this play on this stage. When we leave rehearsal space tonight, it stays there. It does not come home with us. On
0: to the next thing, sort of.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so that was super useful. I very much appreciate the work that was put in to teach us that. Um, But, yeah, I mean, as, as emotionally draining and physically draining as it was, it was a very good show. I did enjoy putting it on. Um, and it helped me learn a little bit more about, uh, what I need to do better in my creative process. So I, I definitely do appreciate the show.
0: Yeah. It was, it was a very heavy show, but it was super immersive. Like I found myself very caught up in it and like, Mm -hmm. I was like drained at the ending, but in like a good way and not in like a bad way at all. And like the best way where I was like, what a journey, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, it was very heavy and I know what you mean about you wanted to do more comedic stuff because you did, your first one was a comedy, your first play this year. Mm Mm-hmm. And you were hilarious in that, so I can Thank I can you. see what you mean about uh, not wanting to to do that stuff unless you know you sort of have to.
1: Yeah, exactly. That being said, uh, our next show that we're going to be doing uh, in like March sometime, and then is the Crucible. Back um, into the dreary
0: sadness. Back baby. into the
1: dreary sadness. But hey, uh, I'm very excited for our director who'll be working on it with us. I got to meet with him the other day. He seems super chill, very nice. Um, so I'm excited about that. Uh, but yeah, I can't really say a whole lot more because I probably am not allowed to. But yeah,
0: mm. tight lips for it right now.
1: Exactly. I don't think. Uh, I don't think F-Spot would be super happy if I would just started telling them every little <laughs> just spoil the whole thing. T- sa- talking about a bunch of stuff that I'm not really supposed to be talking about on my podcast. So. Yeah. No. Fair enough. Um. But yeah, that that was kind of my past week. Uh, how has your week been?
0: I wish I could like go into like a an- another four minute thing and just talk about my week. But really I've just been working. I've been vibing, watching some, some good movies and, uh, trying to start my Christmas movies list and ease into the holiday season. I feel like it's just kind of passing me by. I, I,
1: I literally have not watched a single Christmas movie.
0: Yeah. And I haven't even started Christmas shopping. Like it's like December 6th and I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh shit. I got like 19 days. Um, but yeah, I've just been, just been big chilling. Went to see her play. Yeah. Which was great. <laughs> um, but yeah, been, a been a, Relaxing week for me.
1: I I will be full-blown relaxing. Um, uh, potentially, when this episode comes out, depending on when we release it, I will be in New York. Tell them. Um, so... Even amongst the new scary uh Omnicron, whatever the heck, uh, COVID things. What, I, don't me what and my... about. I can't hear. I can't talk about yeah, that. Exactly. Um, what are you talking about? Um me and my family had booked tickets to go to New York for about three days or four days or whatever it is. Um, just a little fun visit because um instead of getting any Christmas presents, we're doing that. Uh, and we're also going to see a Broadway show. We're going to see Wicked on Broadway. Super excited about that. Nice. Um, but yeah, i I haven't been to New York in so long. I went when I was a kid, maybe sixteen or fifteen, uh, for a missions trip, and I haven't been back since. And oh my goodness, New York in the winter in Christmas. It won't be snowing. We're supposed. Is it supposed to be sun all week? Uh, which I'm not super upset about. Uh, I didn't really want a bunch of snow in New York cause New York's kind of cold. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I am super excited for those Christmas vibes. I think my, one of my sisters wants to go skating at the Rockefeller center,
0: man, you get the um, whole package.
1: Yeah. So I'm super excited about that. Um, and I cannot wait to go back. It's been so long. I, I want to go to this. There's this bookstore in New York that is known famously for just having like any play you could ever think of that's sweet So i'm gonna go and i'm gonna buy a play i don't know which one i'm gonna buy yet i kind of want to buy um uh company by steven sondheim nice Um, honor the boy honor the boy but also i have listened to so much music from that musical and have never read it oh really yeah so i i i would love to have a copy of it just to read uh so that's what i will probably buy but who knows we'll see what happens when i get there
0: is it gonna be your first time going to see an actual Broadway show?
1: Yeah, I we when we went uh, from my missions trip, they were potentially thinking about some of us going to a Broadway show, buying those like you can essentially buy not scalper tickets, but uh, tickets that just haven't been sold for shows will go on sale cheaper like the day of. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were thinking about buying those, but um, no, yeah, this will be my first. Broadway show which I'm so excited about we were choosing between Aladdin and Wicked and I was like look Wicked's a classic Aladdin is apparently very good but Wicked is also a classic
0: yes Wicked I've heard great things about
1: so I'm very excited for that one um but yeah I'm also just excited for New York I absolutely love New York I totally get my friend Maddie is from New York and she always talks about how people fantasize New York. and I am,
0: I am one of those people. Yes. I've never
1: been. I would love to go. People always fantasize New York. She's like, it's actually just, it smells gross and no one's nice to you and the subways are not fun. And I'm like, I know, but that's why I love it. <laughs> it's
0: like those three things I,
1: can be true. I was literally talking with my family last night about what we were going to do. And I was like, I, guys, I don't care. Um, I will definitely be getting dollar pizza. Oh yeah. Um, the I mood. will 100% be going to those random corner delis or bodegas and getting like snacks and things like I want a very true New York experience. I was like, I don't care about the sightseeing. Like I'll, I'll come for the sightseeing. I, I do like seeing New York cause it's beautiful. Um, but I'm also mainly just there for the absolute vibes of disgusting, grimy New York. Um, and I just want to live in the streets.
0: (laughs) It's like, it's New New York is so simultaneously beautiful in the worst place in the world.
1: Yeah. And that's okay. No, it's, it's totally exactly like that. And that's what I love about it. Mm -hmm. Like it's disgusting and gross and crime rates are horrible and it's so (laughs) sketchy, but I absolutely love it. Um and, and we'll get into that more once we talk about the the movie because there's a lot of it's a lot of those recurring themes throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm so excited. I, I will be posting pictures uh, every single day of me getting bagels in the morning or bagels or however you say it.
0: Po- feel free to post on the dive in story anything related. to Oh, I will be posting on the dive theater.
1: in when I'm at. Uh, when I'm at Wicked. Like, I will nice. totally be posting on the dive-in about that. So
0: Yeah, I'm excited to see that. Did you know they're making a Wicked movie? Yeah. Directed yeah. by the guy who did In the Heights. Yeah. Starring Ariana Grande and Cynthia Erivo. Crazy. The, the Ariana Grande was the casting
1: that I was like, that's kind of weird. Because, yes, she can sing, but can she
0: act? That's what she started out doing.
1: Oh, yeah, I guess. Or like victorious. But, guess like, not I'm like... talking about, like, a big movie. Like, I guess we're going to see her in that new... um uh what was that that, that oh, one don't look about- up yeah we're gonna see her in that but like i'm talking about th- she's playing glenda the good witch if i'm not mistaken yeah, yeah it's a main character that is a main character if not well it's it's one of the main characters yeah um
0: but yeah okay we'll see interesting yeah, yeah i'm excited to hear your thoughts on that mm-hmm. and then you get back from new york a day later and we go see Spider Man. We go see Spider Man. You're back in New York. Yes, oh, so, Big that's a,
1: honestly one thing I'm so hyped for is the fact that I will have been in New York, get home, and then go watch Spider Man. <laughs> yeah,
0: you watch a multiversal war happen across New York. I'll be like, I was just there. I uh, went to
1: that. I went to that uh, store right there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Do you want to get into? More about New York and talk Tick, Tick, Boom. Yes.
1: Let's get into Lin-Manuel Miranda's directorial debut, Tick, Tick, Boom. Now, before we really get into this um, movie, I do just really quickly want to talk about my boy Andrew Garfield. Let's tell him. Like, Let's do it. Andrew Garfield is amazing. In anything that he does, I absolutely love him. And in this, he knocked it out of the park. Mm -hmm. Like, potentially my favorite Andrew Garfield performance of all time. Absolutely. Right here. It's neck and neck for me with Social Network, just because I love that performance. That's that's what it's neck and neck for me as well, because Social Network is so good, but this is... Insane. Insane. It's something completely different, but um, Andrew Garfield is fantastic, and I feel like he does not get enough praise
0: no he absolutely does not i feel like he's one of those actors where like everybody knows he's great and everybody's in agreement that he's great and then everybody ignores him
1: yeah exactly it's
0: really weird to me it's kind of baffling because he's one of those actors who is just such a rare talent where if you give him bad material he makes it mediocre Mm -hmm. like he makes it tolerable and watchable he commits yeah you give him mediocre material he makes it good and you give him good material and he makes it fucking great he's incredible he's
1: so fantastic
0: he's just one of those actors I could watch him forever his energy and his screen presence is out of this world and in this movie in particular just so captivating like you can't take your eyes off him
1: exactly he absolutely holds it down as Jonathan Larson he's amazing and on top of that too for this movie he learned how to sing Um, I have mentioned this so many times to everyone around me and they probably hate me for saying this fact (laughs) Um, but, uh, Lynn manuel Miranda and Andrew Garfield had the same massage therapist, and Lynn had asked his massage therapist, can Andrew sing? And they were just like, yeah, I mean, probably. Andrew Garfield could not sing, so he learned how to sing for this role, and is an amazing singer. He's actually in the, in a very, uh, if not the same, uh, pitch range as myself, which is, uh... Oh, it's something baritone. It's like baritone soprano. I can or something. I can't. I don't tony remember. soprano? No, I said baritone. <laughs> 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 it's something like that. I don't know the exact term. Um, but it's a step above uh baritone. And like, wow. Fantastic. Amazing. Insane. Like this dude nails every single song he's in. Yes. Out here killing it. For someone who did not know how to sing who solely learned for
0: this movie, wow. I've been saying to people, I didn't know he just learned how to sing prior to the movie. I've been saying to people, this is the best kept secret in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. How did people not know Andrew Garfield could sing? Because because he couldn't. He couldn't. He actually learned how to do it. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, that also just shows to his commitment uh, to to all the roles he plays. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's there are some there are different ways that actors really learn a character but I was watching an interview with Andrew Garfield and the way he kind of learned how to be John Larson was he poured through all of John Larson's like old notes from his sketchbooks um and from just like journals he ha- he had he watched v- videos of Jonathan Larson because there are a bunch of just behind the scenes videos because um, like, you saw it in the movie. There are clips of genuine just, like, camcorder footage. Uh, one of Jonathan Larson's friends filmed him all the time. Like, during the making of uh, Rent, I believe, and of Tick, Tick, Boom, he just had a friend who would film a bunch of stuff of him. So there's a lot of video material for him to go off of. So he just, like, immersed himself in Jonathan Larson's world, um, which is so cool. I, like, it's so amazing to be able to just, like, have a person you're trying to portray and have all that material to work with.
0: Oh yeah. You can just basically pull from the
1: gallery. Exactly. Um, so it's like kudos to Andrew Garfield. He absolutely kills it with this. I would not be surprised, uh, if he wins some award for this performance, because
0: if if he doesn't win, he's like absolutely without a doubt in the running for, for best actor.
1: Exactly. Um, so I really, I really do hope he wins something for this because it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, that's my Andrew Garfield
0: rant. H- had to had to hit him with just it. Just really,
1: just to start off, because if I didn't do that off the beginning, I would just be constantly doing it throughout the retelling of the movie. So. Yeah, it's
0: like it's like the elephant in the room. Like we yeah, need exactly. to talk about how good he is in this movie before we can actually get on to talk about the movie. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so for those of you who don't know, um, Tick Tick Boom is a actual uh, one man show that is that was written by Jonathan Larson about his life, pretty much. Um and he would go on stage and perform this. Uh it would be literally how it was set up in the movie, him and two other singers and like a band of a couple instruments. Um and he would perform this all the time. Uh this was before he really got his popularity of rent, um, but this was also during the time that he was in talks with Steven Sottenheim, uh, because that is a true fact, and we'll get into that later. Um, but that's where this this musical came from. He would just go on stage and perform this whole thing by himself, which is amazing, insane. Um, but that kind of takes us into the main plot of the movie, which is this movie is about Jonathan Larson. Uh, as he is writing his very first musical uh, called Superbia. Superbia, yep. And it is um, this epic synth space like melodrama, sci-fi, sci-fi thing um, that he believes in wholeheartedly and he's been working on for about eight years, does he say? Mm-hmm. So it is it is like kind of his baby and we find Jonathan Larson um, just a couple days away from this huge uh, performance he's going to have of it to show it off and potentially get it workshopped and starting to get offers for people to put it on. And so... Um, this this whole entire movie just f- essentially follows the storyline of him trying to make this musical happen. It's so meta. This is extremely meta because it is a musical performance about him making a musical within a musical movie.
0: Yes. Yeah. It is
1: so crazy, so meta. I absolutely love it. Um but yeah, that's kind of where we start uh, with this movie and we start off right at the top with one of my favorite songs in the soundtrack 3090.
0: Yeah, the song bangs,
1: man. This song slaps so hard. I am 21. I'm 21 years old, but I still sing Turned 30 in the 90s so hard. Yeah. I just <laughs> This song is so good because it perfectly encapsulates the um, the panic of a lot of artists. Um, we we're just talking about this how so many artists, and I mean, so many people in life put these time restrictions on their life. Like, I want to be doing this by this age, or I should be doing this by this age. And especially for actors, it's huge because the younger you are, the easier it is for you to get cast into stuff because you're young, you're energetic, you're good looking, you are like, you've got the energy of a young teenager. Instead of like being seventy and trying to get cast in things, because then you were typecast immediately as a grandfather. Yes, and like it's like the or whatever.
0: It's like the trickiest thing for an actor too, because by the time people usually start getting hired, they're like thirty. Yeah, and, but people want younger actors, so it's like this kind of like you're kind of trapped. Sort exactly. Of thing. Um. So it's it's this huge thing,
1: and I mean, I totally feel this all the time. Where I'm like, I am 21. I'm gonna be turning 22 uh, come February. And I feel like I should be doing more, but at the same time, like I'm just finishing university. Uh, there's no huge rush, uh, but at the same time, there is this huge rush. So thirty ninety perfectly encapsulates that. Um, what it feels like to be reaching that end goal, that ticking time bomb, that the counter that is timing down, or the counter that is counting down um, to Jonathan Larson's thirtieth
0: birthday. In 3090s, one of those things where, like, anybody who is a dreamer and anybody who, like, really is trying to do something that you feel like you're applying a timer to in, in life, this you can relate to this song. Because it's really yeah. easy to just kind of put this timer on your life where you're like, okay, I've got about eight years before I'm out of my prime. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So
1: it's, it's so, uh, that timer is so real. And I love this song
0: because not only is it such a bop, like, so catchy, so good. It's stuck in my head on, like, a never-ending basis. Like, I listen to this at least once every time I'm in my car. I, I
1: kid you not, I probably listen to this song at least three times a day. <laughs> like, non-stop. It has been a constant playing in my car, in my headphones, anywhere I go. Um, so, it's such a good song. We start off with this amazing, crazy song. Um... As Jonathan Larson is tur- almost 30. He's turning 30. And he, he he wants to be something bigger than what he is. Uh, just a simple writer in his New York apartment. Uh, he wants to be this big name celebrity.
0: And so... Spiritual sibling to this song, by the way, mm. is 30 by Bo Burnham. Yes. Yeah, sure. Pretty much the exact same song told differently. Yeah, exactly. It's like that panic of like, oh shit, I'm 30. Where am I at right now? Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so yeah that's that's where we start the movie off. We meet some of uh, Jonathan Larson's friends and other uh, people who are in this uh, play. Uh, we've got people like Mike Michael, his best friend.
0: Yes, played by Robin de Jesus, I believe his name is.
1: Yes. Um, he is he's there. He is uh, Michael, uh, not Michael. Uh, he is Jonathan Larson's roommate and friend for many years um he was originally an actor but then decided to give it up and just be a uh, advertising businessman he's making lots of money and he is moving his way up in the world adding even more pressure onto jonathan larson to do something with his life <laughs> um we also get his uh love interest susan
0: mm-hmm. um alexandra ship she's yeah. she's a great actress yeah phenomenal. another underrated one she's really good in this hmm uh Jonathan Larson's love interest. She
1: is a dancer in New York, but is also giving up the dancer life to go teach, um, dancing in. I don't remember where she's moving, but it's somewhere upstate, away from, uh, the place where Jonathan Larson wants to be. Adding more pressure on his life to do something. Yeah. All this pressure is added. Um, we also get some uh a bunch of other characters like the people he works at in the dot di- within the diner. Uh, we meet um his, uh casting or not his casting agent uh one of the guys who's helping him put on the workshop kind of the head of the theater that he's putting the workshop on in um we get introduced to a bunch of people as jonathan larson is trying to get this show ready for this workshop to get and make it happen um i'm sure there are songs i'm potentially skipping over as i go through this but um i am going to quickly jump to a, a portion of uh, this where I, I do want to talk about this slightly is th- I find this super interesting is once we get into the workshops, um, I find the fact that how real these workshops feel and I, there's a reason why these workshops that happen in the movie, they're based off of an actual workshop that does happen in real life that Jonathan Larson took part in um, where th- people workshop their musicals and uh, or plays or whatever, and then they'll show in front of a panel of people and if some people are interested, yada, 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 talks, money, uh, all those things. Business. Business. Um, So I love how real this feels. It's just, all it is, is it, it's a piano in a room with a bunch of actors standing there with the stands just singing music as, as uh, Jonathan Larson is being nitpicky and picking away at these tiny little things that no one else would notice except for him. And that's so true. Like, it's so real that... Um, when you go see a play, there's so much behind-the-scene work that happens that can be nitpicky or very huge. Um, and it's all part of the process. And even though some of those things might get glanced over, in the end, they're all integral um, to the final performance. And so uh, I just love how real these uh, workshops actually feel because, I mean, this is what actually happened. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's really cool to s- almost have this other play happening other musical happening within this musical Mm -hmm. um and so we get to see bits of superbia that never superbia never made it to any uh nothing was done with it yeah nothing got done with it but it is cool to see those uh extra little songs popping in there um
0: hey i mean the jonathan larson's name is back up in in the zeitgeist, people are talking about him again. Exactly. Someone dig it up, find superbia, put it on Broadway. It's got to be it. somewhere.
1: Let's see it. Um, but through these workshops and through these uh, little things, we learned that Jonathan Larson is actually missing a very integral piece to his um, to his musical superbia, which is a, a song for the main uh, actress in the second act. It's like the climactic the climactic. Yeah. It's it's the love interest of the main character and she needs a, a song in the second act to really bring her character together. Um and his uh the guy who is putting on uh, who works at the theater who's putting on the workshops for him, he tells him that and Jonathan Larson's like you're the only person who says that and then it's like that's a lie. And we cut back to a very young a younger Jonathan Larson who is in a workshop with none other than Steven Sottenheim. Um, and Steven Soddenheim does not play himself. I d can't remember the name of the actor who does play him.
0: It's uh, it's Bradley Whitford.
1: Bradley Whitford. Um he plays Steven Sottenheim, and Steven Sottenheim tells him that exact same thing. That he Steven Sottenheim actually is like all this stuff is great. I really am liking this. This world you're playing is fun. You just need this one extra song. Um and all this is all this is true. Um, Steven and Jonathan Larson. Oh, well, Stephen Sottenheim was a huge inspiration to Jonathan Larson. So they did connect, um, in his earlier life when he was making Superbia and also to when he made Rent, um, and Tick, Tick, Boom as well. Uh, so Steven Sottenheim pops in and out throughout this entire movie. And so it's very cool to see him be an integral part to Jonathan Larson's life mm-hmm. throughout it. And also very sad, um, because... He is no longer with us. Yeah. Um, it but, just passed away. Uh, amazing to get to see this this part that he played within the making of Rent and Tick, Tick, Boom and all this stuff.
0: Yeah, especially if like he was Jonathan's biggest inspiration. The fact that that, that story actually played out, that they had that connection, that needs to be a part of his story. Exactly. Um, so as we
1: continue throughout the movie, tensions rise. Things happen. I'm just going to go through a couple things based off of some songs that I want to talk about. Um, one thing that does happen is Michael moves out. Um, his, uh, Jonathan Larson's long term roommate moves out and is now has this fancy new nice apartment. Um, uh, because of his, his, uh, ad business job or whatever it is. And we get the amazing song. No more. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is so awesome because it talks about all of the grimy, gross things of living in New York.
0: Or a city in general.
1: Or a city in general, honestly. So it's got things like walking 13 blocks in the freezing dead of winter with 30 pounds of laundry (laughs) because you have no laundry machine. Talks about having one sink in the entire apartment. The shower is also in their kitchen. Um, there's creaky floors no buzzer in their building all these horrible things and then it's intercut with this beautiful romanticized clean apartment with walk-in closets and... it's
0: like I could get used exactly to it's real good um,
1: one of my favorite lines is um, uh, hello my uh, shiny wood floors as waxed as a wealthy girl's legs <laughs> it's so good yeah really good song um, so this awesome like rock slash ballad of a song uh, that is is essentially showing from what Michael sees New York as, um, or this apartment that they're living in right now. And then I also want to jump to um, the parallel of this, which this this happens when um, they're celebrating Jonathan's I believe it's his thirtieth uh, birthday. Oh no, not his birthday. Um, his. Maybe it's his musical gang workshop. I can't remember exactly what it is. But uh, they have this celebration in their old apartment, and we get the amazing song Boho Days, one of the best songs on the entire track. Um, it's so good. Literally, all it is is clapping. Um, so okay. Boho Days happens in uh, Jonathan Larson's apartment, and uh, he sings to Michael. This song is directed towards Michael about, yes, there are all these crappy things, but just – what about the charm of it all? Mm -hmm. Like, what about the charm of this apartment? So it happens during, there's a lot of things I want to talk about during the scene really quickly. Um, it happens in Jonathan Larson's apartment. Now this apartment that is shown in the movie is an exact replica of Jonathan Larson's real life apartment. They went to the real apartment, got the measurements, um, took video footage, recreated the entire thing perfectly by measurement. Um, they, there are so many little tidbits of things in this scene. The bending bookshelves you see in the background, those are real. He actually had bookshelves like that that bent and sagged from the weight of all the books. <laughs> there's a – apparently how they got it all was there's a uh, – there's film footage that Jonathan Larson did of his own apartment for security purposes. Okay. Um, or insurance purposes. And so there's this amazing video that literally it's his whole apartment. um so like the bending bookshelves, those are a real thing. There's a painting in this scene that is a genuine painting from Jonathan Larson's actual apartment. Um, uh, there's, there's a bunch of stuff, his cassettes that are all there. Those were actually his cassettes. I don't know if those exact ones were, but a lot of them, uh, were cassettes that Jonathan Larson owned. Uh, there's just a lot of cool little hidden Easter eggs within this scene. And it's also such a fun song. Like, this song is a a way for Jonathan to be like Michael, stay with me in the grime and the dirt. It's fun. Yeah, what remember about the memories these, we have? Yeah, remember all these roommates we had. Uh, look at all these people that are here that love us. Um, you really want to give this up? So it's it's him saying that, but it's also um, at this point in the movie, the party is kind of dying, and so it's his way of bringing the party back to life by doing this completely impromptu song.
0: Listen, if I was at a party, someone hit me with this. I am, I am back to life. Yo, there's
1: going to be a party where I do this. Like, it's just got to happen. Got to recreate it. Um, so such a good song. Uh, and also another thing I want to mention, I absolutely love, there's a, th- there's like a jock or a business dude that comes to this party and he is not, he's not fit for the crowd whatsoever. Uh, and it's so relatable. It hurts. Yeah. Um, as a theater person, theater is very clicky. It can be very clicky at times. And so as a theater person, when you get like someone who uh either like, I don't know, it's just not a theater person at all, and they show up at these theater parties, it's very awkward because you would
0: feel like the odd one out.
1: Exactly. So much weird there's so much weird shit that goes on at theater people parties. Like it, i don't know how to explain it like when we go out downtown or drinking like the crazy stuff that happens to us like we get drunk we uh maybe somebody breaks something i don't someone know someone throws like that. Up. someone throws up that doesn't i mean yes that will happen but there's like a whole a whole nother level to theater parties <laughs> that i cannot even begin to explain um or describe to you to be honest uh so I absolutely love just this this idea that um, there's this jock guy there, and at the end of the song he claps. He's like, whoa, that was crazy. That's insane. How'd you do that? I absolutely love it because it's so true. Yeah. It's so real. Um, That'd be me but, if, I, if I went to one of your three plays, just yeah, quite exactly. frankly. No, yeah. Um, but uh, no, and there are so many other Easter eggs that are in this scene that I'll, I'll mention really quickly, and then we can move on. Um, There are some amazing actors and actresses and just theater people that are filled in throughout the scene. Um, So the neighbors, Michelle and Gay, um, they are two people. One of them was the set designer for In the Heights, and the other was somebody who actually worked with Jonathan Larson when he was making Tick, Tick, Boom, and Rent, who had genuinely been in his real-life apartment before and hung out with him. And apparently when she walked onto the set, she almost started crying. Because it was oh that'd be heavy exactly it's perfect Uh, recreation Um, so those people are there Um, you've got the amazing Vanessa Hudgens who is an integral part of this entire
0: yes I've uh, been waiting to get to her
1: yeah entire uh, um, movie she is one of the singers that helps out Jonathan Larson during tick tick boom in the in the uh, the play that is happening within the movie it's very confusing Mm,
0: Um, she's. Wonderful, in this But movie. she's holding it down. Absolutely holding it down. She, she's not like a main character or anything. Mm-hmm. But whenever she's on screen, she's incredible. I haven't heard Vanessa Hudgens in a musical since High School Musical. Exactly. So it's so great
1: to hear her sing again. It
0: was like simultaneously, like the nostalgia. I was like, yes, it's so great to hear her sing again. But also, she, she just has some of the best songs on the album. Yeah. No, she's she just is really fantastic.
1: good. Um, and
0: we also get,
1: uh, I cannot remember the actor's name, but the other, the other actor who is there helping out jonathan larson um with all of his musical things is he the guy who hits the high notes. Um, the high notes it's, it's the high joshua harmony. henry joshua yeah. henry um apparently jonathan larson actually had a friend like this uh i don't remember his name but he would sing all the high harmonies as well and so it was, it was a perfect it was a perfect uh matchup and there are many other actors and actresses within this that i could talk about but uh there's literally like, I looked up all the cameos within this movie and the website was like the exhaustingly long list of cameos within tick, tick, boom. There's a lot. So I'm not going to go through all of them. I'm going to mention as many as I can. Um, and if you want to find out all the rest of them, you can look that up. Uh, sorry, I'm not doing that work for you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, those are, those are two amazing songs that I just wanted to quickly jump to because they are kind of in the middle sections of, um, of this play. And so we are getting closer and closer and closer to the performance date of Jonathan Larson's uh, play Suburbia and uh, Superbia. Superbia, yeah. Superbia. Why did I say Suburbia? Um, We're getting closer and closer, and he still has not come up with this song. He just can't come up with this song for some reason. Um, Come on, Jonathan. Come to your senses. Exactly. (laughs) Ah, That was a good one. That was really good. Um, so there are more things that happen throughout Jonathan's life as, as he's getting closer and closer, he's getting more stressed and everything. He's putting off this talk he needs to have with Susan about what their future is going to look like and all this stuff. Michael's trying to talk to him, but he just is so wrapped up in everything. Um, uh, we also get the song, uh, before I go any further, we also get the song Sunday that I do also want to talk about. When we first watched the movie, I remember you were like, I don't know how I feel about Sunday.
0: There was something about the first listen of this song that just kind of turned me off. I felt like the lyrics were kind of goofy. Um, yeah. I actually read through the lyrics, and they're pretty good. Like They I, are pretty good. I don't know what mood I was in. It was the only song I didn't like on, on my first viewing. It's grown on me. Mm-hmm. I like it now.
1: I absolutely love the line, Sit the fools who should eat at home. Yeah. Instead they pay on Sunday. It's so good. Um, it's literally just Jonathan Larson lamenting about how stupid it is that there are the diner is so busy on a Sunday morning.
0: Yeah, it's like, go hey, home, go, enjoy your weekend.
1: Yeah, exactly. What are you doing here? Um, uh, and there's a lot to get into with this song, but just kind of the big things I want to mention are this song is an homage uh, that Jonathan Larson did to a uh, another musical that Stephen Sondheim did the music for called Sundays in the Park with George. I don't know exactly how it's an homage, but awesome. Um, I think that's a very cool little fact. Uh, but We also get an, another absolute slew of Broadway artists and actors and uh, producers that are in this scene. I will not go through them all, but we have people like Andre de Shields, who uh, I don't know if that's how you actually say his last name, uh, but he was primarily known as uh, Hermes in Hadestown uh we get people like Beth Malone if you don't know who Beth Malone is she's uh fairly fairly new but she is a super huge person in the uh in the uh Broadway theater scene uh we get some amazing people like cheetah Rivera who uh is primarily known for originating the role of Anita in West Side story um she's been around for years uh we get amazing people like our uh awesome people from hamilton
0: uh, yeah you can't forget the girl renee at Goldsberry
1: and uh philippa so i believe Fib- her name is. yep philippa sue uh she's there too uh we also get felicia rashad we got bernadette peters um a very cool one that i absolutely love is adam pascal uh daphne rubin uh vega and wilson Germ- germain yes that is what it is germain Heredia, I do not know if that's how you say his last name. I apologize, um, but these three people, uh, you will you will know uh, Daphne Rubin Vega from In the Heights. But these three people were in the original cast for Rent, hmm. so it's amazing to see them uh, be there in honor of Jonathan Larson. Uh, as many of you know, this is kind of spoilery for the end, but I'm assuming oh, yeah. you've seen it.
0: We'll get all into his life, but yes.
1: Yeah. Um. As many of you know he never got to see rent get performed um so sad he he died the night of rent's opening
0: i hate that which is horrible makes me very sad It's deeply devastating
1: um so he never got to see that happen and i mean i i also have to mention this just because i have to mention it lin melo miranda is also here he shows up as one of the he he loves to give himself little cameos he's gotta
0: he's gotta throw himself in there every once in a while okay so you going through all those names you know what First comes to mind. And this is a played out criticism. Mm-hmm. This is like not groundbreaking film criticism. I'm about to say with the next line. But this is really like a love letter to Broadway. 100%. And like that whole like it's a love letter to blank thing. Everyone says that it's the it's the most cheap thing you can say about something. But like I feel like if there's any example of like this really. Or of there really being a love letter to something in film. This is it. Exactly. This is made by somebody who deeply loves this stuff. And he literally combed through hundreds of people who have been involved in this community through the last 25 years and just picked them. And whether they're there for 30 seconds or they're there for half an hour or they're there for, you know, in Andrew Garfield's case, the whole movie, this is like – it's really like a labor of love. You can just feel it on the camera. Yeah, I, I think it's a
1: perfect thing because I totally want to talk about this. Um, it is a 100% a love letter to Broadway, and it is – such a love letter to actors in general. Mm-hmm. Um and people who want to be th- that there's like this every actor always knows like there's this big thing about oh are you gonna go to New York? Are you gonna be on Broadway? That's where all the stuff's happening. The theater scenes in New York, yada yada yada. Um and for a long time it it was and it still is um but that's just like such a common thing that Actors go to New York to be on Broadway or to be in plays or whatever. Uh, and so I, not only is this a love letter to Broadway in my opinion, but I also think it's a love letter to all the dreamers, all the actors who want to be on Broadway, who, have, who are still working to be on Broadway, who are still working to get there.
0: Mm. Um, Filmmakers too, you know, anyone who really is just striving to be somewhere that they're not. Exactly, because so much of Jonathan Larson's story is the fact that he
1: persevered eight years Mm -hmm. he made a play for he made a musical for eight years it tanked he kept going And and then he came up with his
0: masterpiece exactly
1: he like spent so much of his life working at this shitty diner for like minimum wage just to get by to be in it to be there to be in the scene to be working his hardest to make his dreams come true like, this movie totally is saying, hey, all you dreamers, all you people out there, you just got to keep going. Because mm-hmm. if you stop, that's when it stops. That's when the the bomb explodes and your hopes and dreams are gone. Right. Um, but if you keep going, if you just keep trying, eventually you'll get there. That's what this... That's I feel like that's exactly what this uh, musical is showing. I, and I think even in, with Jonathan Larson, too, Uh, with his original uh, performance, not only is it just talking about this moment in his life, but it's also just talking about the fact that I, Jonathan Larson worked for so long on Superbia and it came to the, the musical didn't even get made. Like nothing happened to it, Yeah. but it led to so many greater things. So it's, it's just perseverance is the biggest thing that I took away from this movie Mm -hmm. is just the fact that, when you care about something this much and you want something like that so bad, mm-hmm. there is nothing that will stop you. Because um, there, there's this thing that I'm always I've always been told as an actor, it's that if this is not the thing that you want to do so badly, if you did anything else, you would hate your life. If you don't feel that way about acting, acting isn't for you. Yeah, because. I mean sure you can you can just do it as a side hobby but if you want to pursue it as a career you have to be so in love with it it's the only thing you think you can physically do in your life for the rest of your life. And so seeing this on this on the screen like seeing this story um it literally shook me to my core cuz I felt it so hard. Yeah. Um so I I think that's one of the such amazing things about this movie is the fact that it's a letter to all these Broadway stars who made it and all the ones who haven't made it yet. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: So I think just John, Jonathan Larson's story is so tragic and so Mm -hmm. devastating. He's really somebody who spent almost his entire life miserable to get to the point where he wanted to be and then died the night before he was where he wanted to be. Like it's, it's deeply upsetting. Yeah. But, but also Mm. it's deeply moving because Mm -hmm. his dream did come true yeah he he didn't see it and that's it's it's so sad Mm -hmm. but it it did and if if he could see what his work did and what it meant to people now like i i personally before watching this movie i didn't really know who jonathan larson was Mm -hmm. but after watching this movie i found myself so enamored with this with this man and like looking into it and like watching original recordings of his plays and stuff and i'm just like this dude was such a personality like such an energy yeah and it's just so sad it's i just wanted to say that it makes me very sad it
1: is very sad there's something so deeply sad about it but also so i don't know just like it's inspiring beautiful Mm -hmm. at the same time like the fact that yes it is so tragic that he died the night of his opening performance but i can't I also have to think and wonder what he felt in those moments. Like he knew that this amazing show that he created was about to be performed on stage.
0: And that it was a success. And he,
1: I'm sure he was so happy. The, I, he died to a brain hemorrhage or something. Wasn't it? I believe it was just yeah. something straight out of the blue. Like no, um, no, no one's seen it of coming. It. I yeah, exactly. Think. um, so I, there's something so sad about it, but at the same time, I do hope that he was happy in those last moments, knowing that his show was about to be put on. Yeah. He had made it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I guess that pretty much takes us to the end of the movie. Um, where, uh, yeah, Jonathan Larson does not at the end of this movie, but we do learn the story of Jonathan Larson dying the opening night of rent. Um, We go through Jonathan getting absolutely turned down by... He he puts on his Superbia musical. Um, He finds his final song. Uh, It's the story of the final song I absolutely love uh, because... It's so apparently clear to me, at least, when we were watching the movie, that he had to go through some big hardship or some big heartbreak or something difficult to find the song, find the inspiration for the song. And I kind of saw it coming that it was going to be him breaking up with Susan. Um, but the song that gets made from this, coming to your senses, whew, so good. Yeah. The back and forth between uh, Vanessa Hudgens and uh, Alexander Ship. Thank you. I like how I just pointed to you. And I, I know like, I can do it, man. I just, I like, got the I, names. I can't, I don't know how this is. That's why this is a good combo. Cause I can just be like actor's name. Go. It's my
0: weird talent. Cause <laughs> I can just pull, I, even if I saw them in one movie like eight years ago, I'm like, Oh yes.
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah, we get this awesome duo, a uh, duet from these two, which is amazing. And s- says, speaks right to John, Jonathan Larson's eyes and face and heart and everything. Um, and he, he has to come up with it. The way he comes up with it is this horrible heartbreak. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's where so many of these amazing songs get made and so many so much art gets made through hardship. Um, and so this it gets put on and no one really bites at it. Everyone thinks it's a little crazy and convoluted. Too and out there. It's too out there. Um, I do want to really quickly, before we get to another point that I want to make, talk about what were your thoughts on uh scenes from a uh, therapy session or whatever it was called a therapy the one oh, where it's like that oh. duo oh i love that song yeah it's um, so fun
0: I when we first saw it in the movie i was like this is too weird it's like vanessa weird. hudgens is yodeling and it's just not doing it for me and then i found myself in my car just like i feel bad mm-hmm. <laughs> like it just gets stuck in your head and uh it's a very weird song, but it's also like the back and forth between Alex, um, not Jesus, not Alexander ship, uh, Vanessa Hudgens and Andrew Garfield. So fun. It's just really fun. It's just super entertaining to watch. Yeah. They're both like super manic and it's like really, mm-hmm. it's really entertaining.
1: I love the line of like, uh, I was afraid that you were afraid when I was some, some afraid of intimacy. Yeah. And then the other, say other stuff, maybe the problems actually codependency. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Um, so that, that is a, yeah, that's another fun song that gets thrown in there that I also was kind of like, huh, but I, it grew on me as well. Um, but we also get, then we get to Jonathan Larson waiting in his apartment. There's a specific scene I want to talk about. It's when he's waiting in his apartment for anyone to call him about superbia. No one ever does. Um, but he does get a voicemail from Steven Sottenheim saying, Hey, that was really good. I'd love to work on other stuff with you. Yada, yada, yada. Um, very interesting point about this answering machine call. It was an actual call he got Jonathan Larson got from Steven Sottenheim. They were going to use the original. Like the original answering machine call. They had it. Um, but Steven Sottenheim uh, gave his input on the film and was like, uh, actually, can I write something for you for the actor to say? And they were like uh, actually, he's not able to do that right now. And Steven Sondheim was like, okay, I'll record it. So that is Steven Sondheim's voice oh, on the phone, on the phone in the recording machine. Uh, that is Steven Sondheim. Oh, but, that's awesome! So cool. So that is the final thing that Steven Sondheim, I guess, was technically in before yeah. he died. Wow, uh, which is so heartfelt and so nice because the it's fact just that, very fitting. The fact that Steven Sondheim was like, "I want to re, I want to rewrite this original message I said to Jonathan Larson, and I will record it for you," like, ugh, it's so amazing. Um, so, nothing ends up happening with uh, *Superbia*, and um, Jonathan has to sit with the fact that he is now thirty, um, and life goes
0: on. And that his twenties were spent on something that didn't work out, but that he's 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 gonna keep moving.
1: Exactly, and we also get the amazing amazing closing song that I can't. Re- Do you know the name of it?
0: Yes, it's like that, my favorite song. I can't remember it's, the name. Uh, of it's, it's louder song, than words.
1: Yes, louder than words, which is an amazing song as well. Um, this song when I watched it almost made me cry. I kid you not, because we oh, huge thing that I didn't mention, but if you've seen the movie, you already know this. Um, Michael tells um. Michael tells John at one part, at one point that he has uh, HIV. and this is the '90s, so this is a very a very serious thing.
0: Yeah, especially in New York, it
1: was really bad. Exactly. Um, and so when this final song happened, and we see Jonathan Larson performing it on the stage and it cuts the audience, and we start seeing people in his life, I thought Mike wasn't going to be there. I really thought Michael was not going to be there. Yeah. And I was like, don't you do this to me. Don't you fucking do this to me.
0: But then he is. Then he is. He's there. The the tragedy of it is during their argument, um, Michael has a line where he says, you don't know what it feels like to run out of time or to be running out of time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't believe Michael was his real name, the real person. I think they named him Michael for the movie. Yeah. But that person in John Jonathan Larson's life, is he's still alive. Yeah. It, it didn't kill him. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of tragic is, you know, like the the flip of like, you don't know what it feels like to be running out of time thinking he was going to die and then it ended up being Jonathan. It's really, exactly. really sad. Um. So, yeah, this, is, I, I was, I was going to tear
1: up, but I was like, the ending of this movie is so beautiful. I just want to say because, A, it rounds out the entirety of this solo one person performance that's been happening on stage. B, um, the, at the very end of the song is happy birthday. Yeah. Which is so sad and sincere in like just the way that it's played. It is such a sincere tone of just like Jonathan Larson accepting the fact that he's turning 30 and that's okay. Um, and we get that beautiful scene of them all of them in the diner, uh, with the birthday cake. Uh, so, so nice. Right before the
0: badass final strum of the
1: guitar. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, so, yeah, this, this movie is full of so much great music and so many amazing people. I could talk about it for another hour.
0: Oh, I've still got more, too. There's, I got a little bit more I want to say about yes, it. Yes,
1: of course. Um, Yeah, I've been talking for so long right now. Hayden, what else do you got to say about the movie? Okay. Anything um, specific you want to talk about?
0: I want to get into top songs. Yes. Because we, we brought up briefly. We've we've made it clear which songs we like at this point. Mm-hmm. But I do want to just kind of give like a like a top five that I have written down. I don't know if you have a top five. I can five. do
1: top five right off the top of my head.
0: Okay, cool. You want to go first?
1: Yes. I'll go first on my number one song. My number one song, 3090. Yeah. 3090 takes number one spot for me. Absolutely love it. I will sing it till the day I die. That I've already said my opinions on 3090, but I think that's number one. Number two, Boho Days. Love that song. I want to sing it uh, in an apartment uh, with a bunch of people it's just for fun.
0: Preferably a shitty apartment. Yeah, exactly. It would make the vibe better.
1: Um, number three is probably um, Why. I didn't mention this one. This is the song that uh, uh, Jonathan Larson or Andrew Garfield sings um, after he gets the news of Michael getting HIV.
0: Yeah, it's a really good one.
1: Really good song. Just talking about him and Michael and like their history together. Um, and him realizing his neglectfulness towards Michael. Absolutely love it. Um, Number four is probably Come to Your Senses, uh, just because it's so good. And number five, I think, is probably either... It's a tie between No More and a song that we didn't talk about called The Play Game. Play Game's cool. Yeah. um, Really quickly, uh, just about The Play Game, I really like that song because it's talking about the changing times of New York and how uh, at this time, like people were looking for big name shows to put on Broadway, to put on and be in the lights. No one cared about the little tiny emotional, deep thought provoking plays we were making to put on off Broadway. Um... Or even just to put on theater in New York. And so it's talking about like Times Square being filled with all these big billboards and all this stuff. And everyone's forgetting about the classics. Like one of the last lines talks about Shakespeare and Moliere. Right. Um, Moliere was a another famous old playwright. Um, but yeah, I, I love that song a lot. So I think that's my top five um, with uh, No More and The Play Game will share the fifth spot. I can't really decide between the two. It might be no more, honestly.
0: Nice, yeah, it's a good list. Mm-hmm. Um, my list is my number one is "Louder Than Words." Uh, mm. That song is just like the the deep existential pondering of like life and like why we are who we are and why humans function the way they do. Mm-hmm. On top of just yeah, I don't know, something about that song just really struck an emotional chord for me as well as like it it slaps. It's a yeah, very good song. It is really good. Uh, my second is "3090." My third is. Hmm. boho days i'm gonna put boho days mm. uh, my fourth is johnny can't decide johnny can't decide is really good and my fifth is therapy i'm putting therapy in therapy there.
1: is also very good no yeah i i
0: yeah therapy
1: is a lot of fun and it's it's a very wild ride yeah that's, that's just, a
0: good list i find myself listening to it way too often mm-hmm. to not put it on my list like at first i would be like no way mm-hmm. i would have lied about it but now i'm like yeah, it's just, it's constantly in rotation. I also
1: just want to say, I love the country feel that that song has. I
0: know, it's got a weird twang <laughs> to ding it. Ding, ding, ding. It's so good. Anywho. Yeah, I thought that one was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, was there any songs you, like, didn't care for? Or was this, like, one of those musicals where it's, like, a full slapper all the way through for you?
1: There's one song I, I do not care about, um, and that is The Green Dress. Yeah, I don't like that one either. It's It's just kind of like... It's clearly just a song that's it's for that scene. Yeah. Like one scene where she's Susan's wearing the green dress. It's clearly just for that.
0: There's a version of Green Green Dress by Andrew Garfield and Alexandra Ship. Mm-hmm. instead. I actually like that one a bit more. I, I agree with that. I yeah. do. Um, I don't really like the the uh,
1: R&B style green green dress that's the that's the one in the movie that is actually only playing on a little radio
0: I know yeah it's not really in the movie
1: yeah Um. but uh no yeah I think that's kind of just the one that I was just like eh that's the big skip of
0: the album I think for mm-hmm. me as well I don't think there's any uh, oh I don't really care about real life but that's not any fault of like Robin de Jesus it's just it's just the same line over and over yeah it's just a very sad song about real life <laughs> yeah um, yeah, those were the only ones I didn't care for as well. Yeah. Um. Okay, so I want to talk to you really quickly about is this the best musical of the year for yes. you? Yes. Yes, okay.
1: I. It took me
0: 0. 0.6 seconds. Yeah, it was immediate. I know we loved that. In the Heights, so I was curious where where, where Look, you fell on that. here's
1: what I'm going to say. In the Heights, absolutely f- fantastic. Like, I love that movie too. Don't get me wrong. It's still an amazing movie. This one hit me so much harder it just emotionally hits some emotionally it just kills it song wise amazing performances all these actors are phenomenal like this movie checks every single box i need for a musical that will stay in my life for the rest of my life
0: yes i i was deeply moved by this i I feel like this is easy pick for me as number one musical Mm -hmm. of the year there's been a lot of musicals this year and and that's the thing too like
1: Yes, I'm sure a lot more. A lot of people also really like in the Heights way more because they understand that they they relate to that gentrification or the uh, just absolute struggle that so many of those people go through. Um, obviously, I can't as a as just a white dude who lives in Canada. I can't relate to that. Right. But as a struggling actor who feels the pressure of time catching up on up to him every single day, mm-hmm. this resonates with me so well. So. It is definitely top musical of the year for me. Yeah. Um it's it's amazing. Easy. I absolutely loved it.
0: This is, I, I I agree because this is one of those ones where I was just like, it is about a specific struggle for an actor, mm. and I've brought this point up a couple of times now, but like that feeling of time running out, and mm. I feel like that, um, just that struggle to be somewhere you're not is like a universal struggle, right? Like, yeah, I'm not as. Far ahead as I would like to be like, I would have liked to already have gotten school out of the way, but I've just been working and i have just kind of going on my own pace. Mm -hmm. But there's that tick, you know, there's that, that feeling of like, holy shit, what are you doing? And how long do you have before you're, you're, you're done before you're, you have no options. Mm -hmm. And so like, I feel for this movie where it's just one of those things where anybody who's kind of in their twenties and just like unsure of their direction is going to get a lot out of this movie. Exactly.
1: And even to bring it back to In the Heights too, like there are parts of movies that I relate to more than others. Like the thing I relate to In the Heights with is this idea of like, In the Heights is one of the big things is that so many people are moving away from uh, Washington Heights and uh, leaving Usnavi there pretty much. And so – Like, I feel the same way. I'm at the end of my four years of university. I spent the last four years with these 15 amazing people in my life and have met so many more um, through this acting program. And in half a year, not even like four months, I'm never going to see some of them again. Yeah. Like, there will be people who will go their own way, they'll go do their own things. I know a lot of people in my theater class are like, I'm getting out of Nova Scotia as soon as I can. Um, and it, it, makes me feel the same way that I'm sure Usnavi does in, in the Heights where he's like, no, don't leave. Like the magic that's here, the people like, uh, stay. So there are totally different things that people can relate to, um, in all of these movies, but yeah, just this one hit me so hard.
0: Yeah. Is this your favorite movie of the year? I know we'll be doing our own episode on like favorite movies of the year probably relatively shortly. So if you don't want to spoil that, feel Here, free to not answer. But. Here's
1: the thing. I I personally like to separate musicals from movies. Mm. And here's why. Musicals, they... It's, it's solely emotion-based. In all musicals, all your characters tell you how they're feeling through their songs. That is how you understand how your characters are feeling. In movies... Actors have a totally different job because they have to portray that through the words they say and how they say them. Right. So, can I say it's my favorite music, my favorite movie of the year? I don't think so. Not until I actually actively go back through it. Make the Is list. Is it yeah. my favorite musical
0: of the year and potentially all time right now? I think so. Mm. Okay. So on that note. Do you want to rate this movie and then get into the next half of the episode or do you have anything else you want to say?
1: I think that's all I should say. I talked way too much. <laughs> um, but overall, this movie's amazing. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. Like this movie shook me as a person, as an actor. Um, I, the music is phenomenal. Finally hearing the story about Jonathan Larson's life that I did not know before is mm-hmm. amazing. And understanding the struggles he went through and like how, how much I, in those moments was on Jonathan Larson's side of like, yes, the grime of New York, the horrible apartments, but the life of it all, the feeling, the, the excitement, the energy, I was all there for it. If I like, I rate this movie, I rate this movie, I'm going to rate this movie five ticks out of five.
0: I was going to say you're, Knowing how much you love this movie and knowing if how you've talked about other movies this year, you're playing yourself. If this isn't a five, for if me.
1: I could rate it a twenty-seven billion out of five, I would. But I give it five ticks out of five.
0: Yeah, um, I need a rewatch mm. almost immediately.
1: Yes, so do I. I need to rewatch it. Yeah, mm. bro, just okay. give it a five. I'm gonna just do, it. do it, and
0: I'm not doing it because <laughs> I'm not doing it because of your peer pressure. I'm doing it because I I, I do have a passion for this movie, and. I kind of like to sit on fives for a few weeks because like, if I'm still actively thinking about the movie weeks after I've seen it and I'm like still moved by it, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, that's a five. Yeah, man. I'm going to do it. The, the tick, tick, boom is, it checks all the boxes for me. It's, it's absolutely a five. Yeah. Um, what would you say to the people? Okay. Lin-Manuel Miranda has seemed to divide people, right? Mm-hmm. It's like people. He, he always find, does. Yes. People find him absurdly annoying and they think he's ruining musicals, or people find him to be the greatest face in musical entertainment in the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say to people who are like interested in this movie but don't like Lin-Manuel Miranda? Here's what I'm going to say to you. A, shut
1: the fuck up. <laughs> Lin-Manuel Damn, okay? Lin-Manuel Miranda. Here's why. Here's why I'm going to say this. Because I absolutely love... Maddie, if you're listening, I don't think she is, but... <laughs> I love Maddie. She came for the and neck. Maddie hates Lin Manuel Miranda. Here's what I will say: Lin Manuel Miranda shows up for two seconds in this movie, and yes, he has directorial input. He made one song for this movie, "Swimming." That was the only song he made for this movie. All the other songs are Jonathan Larson. This movie does not feel like. The Lin-Manuel Miranda movies you've probably seen before.
0: No, it has, like, musically and tonally, it has nothing in common with Hamilton or In the Heights.
1: Nothing at all. It's totally different. So, if you don't like Lin-Manuel Miranda, watch this movie anyways. Because... I am positive you will forget that he is even a part of it until you see him for two seconds in the movie, and then ten minutes later, you'll forget he even exists.
0: Yeah, because this does not have that Lin-Manuel Miranda feel. So if you're not a fan of his work, if you like Jonathan Larson's work, you're good. Yeah,
1: do you Do you like Rent?
0: Do you like... I mean,
1: you probably haven't seen Tick, Tick, Boom other than watch the movie, but... <laughs> right. Watch this. Like... Uh, it's so good, and if you don't like John, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, this he's not going to affect your watching experience of this.
0: It. On top of that, he's actually kind of a good director.
1: I really do. I have realized I love Lin-Manuel Miranda. I know. I think anything that he makes is gold. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say that right now, and I don't care who disagrees with me. Is he the definition of a theater kid? God yes. Oh, yeah.
0: he can he's a lot.
1: Almost to an annoying point. Yeah. I do, I hate him in interviews. He is so weird in interviews. He's hard to watch in interviews. Um but like he loves theater so much. He, and he loves Broadway so much and he went to see Tick Tick Boom. Uh I believe and I believe he also went to see Rent uh when it was originally. Both when they were originally like plays and shows. It might have just been Rent actually. I can't remember. Um but he is someone who has such a passion for musicals and theater and all this stuff that I understand why people would dislike him at points, but also remember, keep in mind that this is a man who loves this stuff so much mm-hmm. that there is literally no way he could butcher it. Right. Um, it would be a sin to himself and the world. He'd be ashamed. Yeah, exactly. So, I see Lin-Manuel Miranda as somebody who loves theater so much that he just puts his heart and soul into all these things that he makes. Mm -hmm. And yes, Hamilton can be a lot of just information about the history of America, but it's also a fucking slapper of a musical, and you cannot deny the fact that uh, there was a point in time in your life when you knew almost all the lyrics to Alexander Hamilton. Yeah, that's true. Cause he knows what to do in the trench. You know what French. I mean, Rap so good. the whole thing. Okay, here we go. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like, Oh no, he's going to do it. I challenged him. So yeah, that's what I will say to everyone. Who's like, Lin me
0: more rain, I'll
1: be like, shut the fuck up. He's in it for two seconds and you can pull up your big boy pants and watch this amazing movie.
0: Yeah. If you don't like his, him as a musician, don't watch Hamilton. Don't watch in the Heights. Sure. Fair. Mm-hmm. I like him a lot, um, but I, I do understand why people wouldn't. He's, he's a, particular type of energy right yes but yeah he, his he, he has no presence over this movie no in a good way like it, it doesn't feel like the Lin-Manuel Miranda show it's it's Jonathan Larson's story through and through exactly
1: and it's just the fact that Lin-Manuel Miranda knows how to adapt these musicals to the big screen mm-hmm. no one else knows how to do it yeah that's why I am so on the fence about going to see West Side Story is because every other musical adaptation I have seen unless it's lame is or anything that Lin-Manuel Miranda has touched it's fucking trash yeah I mean Chicago is also pretty good too um and so is Moulin Rouge but I don't know if Moulin Rouge is a movie first or a play anywho I'm getting ahead of myself um yeah that's so good I love and I love Lin-Manuel Miranda so
0: yeah I'm going with five for this one um Okay, so that kind of leads us into our next topic, and we are now at an hour and ten, so we will not take too long with this, but it, yeah. is, it is a good time to talk about it, having made an entire episode about musicals. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do top five musicals to kind of comb through the musicals that we either personally relate to the most or like the music the most of mm-hmm. and just kind of make our own little lists. Yeah. Do you want to start with your number five?
1: My number five, I will. Um, My number five... Now, here's the thing. I just want to make it it's very clear. We did lists that are mainly movie musicals, I do have some honorable mentions that are not movies. Um, some of them actually are movies, but uh, they will, I will make some honorable mentions that should be in here. But as far as movie musicals go, my number five, I'm gonna give to Hairspray. I watched Hairspray as a kid so many times. Uh, it's so fun, it's so good. Um, this is one of those examples where I'm talking about the movie version the show, the musical itself is also fantastic, but, um, yeah, I think this was probably one of my first, if not the first musicals I may have ever watched as a child. Um, there will be some discrepancies as I, I do have an honorable mention that I do also want to talk about from my childhood. Um, but I remember Hairspray so vividly and, um, it's just such a fun ride and it, it's so cool too, because it, it's bashing like the idea that you need to have the perfect body and the perfect hair and the right skin color to be on TV during this time in the 50s. And they were absolutely bashing that stereotype. They're like, no, fuck you. I'm going to be proud of who I am and sing whatever I want on stage. Um, so I, I absolutely love that musical. Uh, what about your number
0: five? My number five is, you know what? Mm. I'm really torn between my number five, but I think I'm just gonna do it because this one was a big one in my childhood and kind of like where I first was like musicals are dope. Yeah, Nightmare Before Christmas. Nice. Um, is a, it? It's an untraditional pick, but I feel like the music in this is just—it's been a part of my life for for so long.
1: Oh, it's so good. Like, yeah. did you see the performance that Billie Eilish did of uh... No? Oh, we're gonna watch that after we'll watch this. That. Uh, but she this year she did a performance of the Sally's Lament song or whatever it is oh that one's great
0: so good I love all the music in this and like it's forever going to have a huge placehold in my life because I'm going to play it every October and every December. Yeah. it It's two months out of the year that I can just really vibe with the soundtrack and the movie itself. Absolutely. What's This is an absolute slap of a Christmas um, song. Amazing. Fall Out Boy's version is pretty cool, too. Yeah. But, I mean, obviously the original is way better. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas is my, my fifth pick for top musicals. Uh, for my number four, I have to go with the Rocky Horror
1: Picture Show. I watched this as a... This is such a theater kid movie. It's it's a movie that everyone hates or loves. Mm. Um, but it's a cult classic. And I absolutely love this movie. It's so wild. It's so out there. Um, it's this insane mix of horror and rock and love. It's very bizarre. And it's sci-fi. It's so, so odd. But I think that's why I love it. Yeah. Um, Uh, so I, I had to put that one on my list because I mean, it's a, it's an absolute classic in my life. I've seen it so many times and like the music is so good. Like the time warp, I know the entire dance to it. Oh, and the song, um, science fiction, science fiction, uh, touch a, touch a, touch me.
0: Yes. very. Um,
1: I mean, I could just keep going.
0: Um, I'm forever so grateful that I didn't watch this alone in my room or I didn't watch this with a friend in my room and I went out to the local Rocky horror like movie it was an outdoor movie night
1: yeah it was in um the public gardens in Halifax and they had this big blow up speaker and we watched it all together and uh, and some friends of mine um that I didn't even know were gonna be there had dressed up as the cast
0: everyone was dressed up it some was of people so of you were dressed
1: cool. up uh but they were dressed up as the cast and they won some award or something but no yeah it was very rad. I loved it.
0: And I feel like if you see how people react to this movie, you can appreciate the movie more for that than the movie itself. Yeah. Like, the movie's not perfect, but people love it, and mm-hmm. it's actually, like, so wholesome and so nice to see how much people love this movie.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, like,
0: I've never seen anything like that. An entire showing of people dressed up like these characters, and they're, like, moving around and getting up and dancing. dancing
1: the time warp. Awesome. Like. awesome. So and this is this it. is
0: a great pick. This is and um, our local theater, Neptune Theater, is doing. This mm-hmm. is their next show. Yeah. So we're gonna have to go see that.
1: I, I don't think it's their next show. I think it's in their next season. I'm okay, sure.
0: so sometime in the next year. Um, but uh, also
1: uh, an honorable mention is or something you mentioned about that uh, musical is, uh, fucking meatball. Yeah. As meatloaf. Meatloaf, meatloaf, <laughs> <Meatball>. <laughs> yeah. meatloaf. As um, uh, whatever that guy's name is, and his song is so good. Where he's like, "Hallelujah, bless my soul." Yeah, I really love that rock and roll. It's so good. Also, him. Tim Curry. Just like, yeah. Also, Tim. Don't even say more. Fucking popping Tim off. Tim um, Curry.
0: So for my next pick, mm-hmm. just watched this recently, and when I say recently, I mean I I've been familiar with the music for this for a long time, and I knew I loved the music from it, but I never watched the movie. Mm-hmm. Watched it today. Are you watched this today? Yeah. Oh wow. I watched Singing in the Rain is my is my fourth pick and immediately fell in love with it. It was one of those movies where I didn't need to question where I ranked it on my list. I was immediately like, Lala this movie ran so La La Land could also run. They yeah. they're both simultaneously running. No one walked for this the other one to run. Mm-hmm. Um Singing in the Rain sang in the rain so La La Land could run. <laughs> exactly. Uh but this is like just such a great um movie about like the transition to talkies yeah from silent film to m- musicals and full-on technicolor pictures and everything and the music is incredible mm-hmm. um gene kelly is such a charismatic actor absolutely i love gene kelly oh he's amazing and his music is incredible like just mm-hmm. the energy that he has on screen is you know he, i would compare him to, to andrew garfield yeah he's one of those just those personalities where the second you see him you're like damn who are you and why do I want to watch you for the next two and a half hours, you know? Exactly. Uh, also, Debbie Reynolds mm-hmm. is really wonderful in this. Uh, I just had a blast with this and immediately found a love for it that I didn't know I was missing. I was like, damn, Singing in the Rain is dope. Yeah, it's so good. I love, um, as you'll see with my number one pick, which we'll get into, I love musicals told in Hollywood. Mm. And this is kind of the OG Hollywood musical. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my fourth pick.
1: Um, for my third pick... Um this is a uh, – you're going to talk about this too. Mm-hmm. Um, we can talk
0: about it together if you want.
1: Uh, yeah. So for my third pick, I picked La La Land. Um, this is a great mu- movie musical. Um, I absolutely love jazz. I love Hollywood. Um, and this is shot so beautifully. Uh, I mean, I could also talk about La La Land for hours. Uh, but I will just say, musically, fantastic. Um, the score, like – uh, I always am just like ding 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 ding, Oh ding, yeah, man. Another day anytime. of sun. Um but yeah, and in the performances by Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling. Insane. Absolutely love it. Uh such a such a like it's weird cuz it's a feel good movie for me, but it's super sad. But it's super sad.
0: <laughs> it's like it's very devastating. Um
1: but it just like the story of two actors or two people who want to pursue their dreams in Hollywood and it just doesn't work out. Yeah. But their
0: need to pursue their dreams trumps
1: everything. And-, and and
0: that love that they find in between the desire to pursue that dream and whatever may occur, may occur, but it's the moments that they share between that. Exactly. Yeah, we'll get a little bit more into that when we get to it in my list. Mm-hmm. Um but my number three is in the heights. Yeah. Um this is yeah. This is just one of those movies where like I know some people didn't like it. It just it, – I love In the Heights. It's we so good. It's fantastic. Listen to our episode. We just freak out about this movie for like a whole hour. Mm-hmm. But I don't have anything else to say about it. I just had to put it in my list. It's, yeah. It's remarkable.
1: No, it's literally number two in my list is In the Heights. I, I absolutely love In the Heights. Um, So good. The music's great. It tells a beautiful story. Um, Yeah, I don't think there's much more I can say about it. Check no. out the other episode.
0: Yeah, check out the whole episode. We talked about it now for like a whole hour. Uh, um, and
1: I know – yeah –
0: so I
1: know your number one is – oh, wait. You still got your number two. Sorry. Sorry. Yes. Uh, my number two
0: is Tick, Tick, Boom. Tick, Tick, Boom. Yeah. I'm- it's it's only fitting. I mean I'm not going to talk about it now because you yeah. just listened to us talk about it for an hour. But uh, yeah, man, this musical is just – I think my favorite musicals always have to do with like people chasing their dreams. Yeah. And just trying to get somewhere that they're not yet because that's like a big common thing through my list here. Mm-hmm. So, well, you know what? Even Nightmare Before Christmas is about someone chasing their dreams. Exactly. Um, what's your...
1: My number one is Tick, Tick, Boom. Yeah. I think it's honestly maybe one of my favorite movie musicals I have seen ever. Uh, it might take that spot. Just because it resonated with me so much and yeah. I absolutely loved it. So
0: Nice. My number one, Dear Evan Hansen.
1: Uh, I fucking hate you. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding.
0: It, it is not dear ray Enhanced, and although I didn't hate that movie as much as everyone else did. Maybe we'll talk about it sometime. Mm. Uh, but my number one is Lava Land. Um, this movie, if, if for somebody who loves movies, you're just going to get a lot out of this because it's like a musical about the desire to pursue, pursue movies in Hollywood. Hollywood yeah. Literally. And just the, the relationship between um, Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling in this is like – very reminiscent of the relationship in singing in the rain, except it doesn't work out, you know, like exactly. That's, that's kind of the thing is like singing in the rain is like feel good the whole way through. And they're doing very similar things as movies, but this one takes a different direction with how it leaves you feeling at the ending of it. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I, we talked about this, I I think on our top romance episodes that we did back in, in Valentine's day last year. So that's, you can, if you want to hear me talk way more about La La Land, I think we did talk about that for a couple minutes, but this was the one I think I fell in love with musicals. Mm -hmm. Everybody was talking about it. I was like, all right, I'll check out what everyone's talking about. And it was the first time where I was like transfixed by a musical where I started playing the music in my phone regularly and like thinking about it often. Yeah. Because I'll, I'll admit like in the past, like five years ago, I just wasn't a musical person. Just wasn't my thing. Mm -hmm. Like my only experience with musicals five years ago was my mom really liked Phantom of the Opera. (laughs) So I liked that. And then, i like disney movies so that was really it for so long but i think once i saw la la land it kind of cemented like a an appreciation and a love for the power of music in in movies mm-hmm. so that's my number one pick and that 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 wraps it up for our, our top five musical lists yeah
1: i think that's a uh, i mean i know we're running a little long here but uh i think that's a perfect segue also into just i have a couple honorable mentions that yes I like you oh just yeah talk me too let's well, go ahead um as As far as childhood goes, like how you were saying that that was the kind of the movie that made you uh, love musicals. I just realized this before we started filming this episode. I know why I love musicals so much is because my my mother and my family made me watch The Muppets as a kid. I watch mm. the Muppets all the time. Yeah, that sums it all up. And the Muppets are all about making these songs and all this stuff. So I had to mention the Muppets because, I mean, that, I, think, I guess that's kind of where my love for musicals and music in movies in general just kind of stem from. I never realized that until now. It's um, like a connecting all the dots right here moment. Exactly. So I had to mention that. And on the topic of puppets,
0: I also have to mention Avenue
1: Q. Um,
0: mm, I don't know about this one, but you brought it up to me already.
1: Yeah, Avenue Q, uh, for those of you who don't know, it's uh, a musical where actors will perform pu- as puppets on stage, live on stage. Um, and it's amazing. And there's some hilarious songs in there. Like the internet is for porn, uh, things like that guys. It's not a movie for your kids. Do not take your kids. To <laughs> not, not a movie. Sorry. It's not a play for your kids. Don't take your kids to watch this. This is an adult puppet show. Um, and it's fantastic. So I, I did just have to mention those. Do you have any, uh, I don't I have, I have more, but do you have,
0: I have a couple. Yeah. Um, I wanted to give an honorable mention to Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd. Yeah. Classic. Um, it was a very weird experience. When I first watched this, we were at a barbecue.
1: You watched it at a barbecue? That's so fucked up. I know. We, that yeah. is so... Did they make meat pies? Like, I what don't the- know.
0: Maybe I was fed human beings. Oh, but my God. Yeah, we, we had burgers, and we had hot dogs, and then we went down to the basement at my friend's house, and we watched Sweeney Todd. Wow. And so that was my first experience with it. But um, if you like Tim Burton, you're, you'll love this movie. It's an entire musical about people who kill people and cook them into pies and sell them to people. So, I mean... yeah. Stephen Sondheim wrote this, right? Yeah, Stephen Sondheim. The guy. So he, yeah. If I'm um, not mistaken. I think it is him, yeah. So that's an honorable mention for me. I, I think this one is great, and it's just super morbid, and it's just totally my thing. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: another honorable mention that I have, I have not seen this one yet, but my good friend Maddie has told me so many great things about it. I do need to watch it. Uh, Sunshine on Lee. Uh, it's a it's a musical about these two guys who come back from the Army and uh, just talking about like life and stuff. And all the music is music done by a band called the proclaimers uh they are the people who did um uh songs such as over and done with and v- much other popular songs that i can't think of right now um i think 500 miles yeah that one is done by them i would walk 500 oh, yes. miles yeah um but apparently amazing musical that i do really need to get around to watching
0: could i hit you with an absolutely blasphemous pick oh no but the well this is an honorable mention so it didn't make it in my list. Yeah. All right, I'm going to go with Tenacious D and The Pick of Destiny. No,
1: that's not that's not crazy. That is not a crazy movie. Oh, you're with me? I'm 100% with you. Okay, that movie great. is rad as fuck. It's so
0: gnarly. It's awesome. It's it's hilarious. I love that movie. Yeah, I don't what else is there to say? It's hilarious. It's awesome. It's, it's Jack Black at his prime.
1: Yeah, it's Jack Black and Kyle Gass absolutely rocking out.
0: Yeah, good stuff. Against
1: the Devil. Yeah, um, good stuff. One I, uh, Another one I want to mention is Moulin Rouge. Uh, I talk about this movie all the time. I think i mentioned it multiple times on the podcast. So good. Ewan McGregor's out here. But, uh, yeah, I do love this. It's also just a very weird movie, and it's honestly not that good. But Yeah. Um, it's a lot of fun. I do really enjoy that one.
0: Another honorable mention, um, just got to go with Grease.
1: Yep, classic.
0: It's just the ultimate high school, fun, hang, summer vibes movie. I
1: was Danny Zuko yes. at one point in time in my life. I did play Danny Zuko, so yeah, have to have to shout out Greece. You know a little
0: bit about it, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, my my final honorable mention uh, is just I do have to mention Les Mis. Les Mis is an absolute classic. Um, every time I watch that movie, I want to start a revolution. Um, <laughs> it's so intense, so epic. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's it, the music in that is phenomenal.
0: Last honorable mention for me is Labyrinth. Um, yes i was hoping you were gonna mention this one man this movie was just a huge moment for me in my childhood uh david bowie in tight I, leather pants stealing babies
1: yeah i believe we have an episode about labyrinth if i'm not mistaken
0: uh it's in our childhood favorites yes episode, yes which is um, one of our early episodes and it's actually really good so mm-hmm. check that one out but labyrinth i mean it just rips man it's just it's got you know, cool puppet just got David Bowie. Uh,
1: whenever I think of Labyrinth, the only song I can think of is the one of those weird puppets that come together like by their heads and arms and it's like floating heads and stuff. Yes. And, the, and the beginning of the song is literally one of them jumping up and going ah!
0: and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Those, those goblins were like my mood throughout the entire pandemic.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but yeah, I think, that has been
1: enough of us talking about musicals. I could go on for another six hours.
0: Big long episode, but I mean, this is like the definitive musical episode. Yes. Um, I absolutely love
1: uh, Tick Tick Boom. I love musicals. I'm an actor, if you didn't know that already. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I really do love musicals. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Um, you can check out our other episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your epi- uh, podcasts. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram at the Dive and Movie Cast and on Twitter, too. Mm, um, I always
0: forget to post it, but we are there.
1: Yeah, we are there. We don't post too much on that one, but we are there. Um, You can also find our individual Instagrams. I'm at Wesley Giffen. I
0: am at Hayden Kutris, and it is the same name on our letterbox.
1: So thank you guys so much. Um, And if you hear that ticking in your head, you just wait for that explosion. It's coming, baby. Mm. You're going to have your moment.
0: Yeah, it's coming. You'll get there.
1: So thank you guys so much for listening. See you next time.
0: Talk to you on the next one.